You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. All right, so we're back. Uh, another King of the Fourth Quarter podcast. Um, I'm your host, Jim Quigley with Mike Quigley. And it's been a couple of weeks and a lot has happened since the last time we put on, we talked and we put on our GM caps and um, try to draw the Celtics offseason, which turned out to not look anything like um, what they've done outside the, of the fact that um, I think Brad really accomplished the number one goal for this team going forward, which was giving them some financial flexibility, which, you know, when the season ended, it didn't look like um, the Celtics. It was going to be very hard to obtain, and they currently absolutely did not have it. Um, you know, it started with the Kemba move for Horford and then the, the moves, um, preceding moves after that, which was a bunch of one-year deals and, and trades and whatnot. But I, I think, um, you know, for me, and we can break down each individual move and there was some great bargain prices and, you know, uh, high risk, I mean, low risk, high reward type moves that the Celtics were able to pull off. But I think for me, and especially if we're looking at Bradley Bale or someone else down the line, the Celtics actually have some cap flexibility going forward and some financial flexibility that they didn't have. And then my second one, Mike, I'll turn it over to you. Um, I got to admit where I was wrong. And where I was wrong is that this ownership is going to spend into the tax a little bit here this year. It's not a ton, but um, they certainly are. I agree, Jim. Those are really good points. And, you know, I I, I think that uh, cap flexibility is important. And, you know, the the future the for team building around Tatum and Brown looks good. Um, but I think for me, this season coming up, I was really looking for them to have a team with just competent, comp, comp, complimentary NBA players mm-hmm. uh, to build around Tatum and Brown. And, I feel like that's been accomplished. So obviously, been accomplished so far this offseason. You have uh, players coming off your bench who are not a liability. Yeah, you've gotten rid of some guys who are just horrible, and you're looking at a team that's you know ten or eleven deep now with NBA players who are who are talented. You can score the basketball or very good defensively. They all they all have their own little niches of what they do well, and. I, I feel like that's that's um, it hasn't been that way for two seasons now where they've been really top heavy and then the rest of the roster was kind of uh, suspect. So uh, I I feel like they're an under the radar team that a, lo- a lot of pundits aren't really talking about. And I, I do feel like they're going to be a fun team to watch next year and, and they can make a run in the playoffs. They're not a championship contender, but. But that all depends. It all depends on what Tatum and Brown look like next year, too. And if they're healthy, I guess you don't know. But they they have a they have a team around them that's skilled now. They have guys around them that can score the ball. They have guys around them that can defend the wing. They have a backup center in uh, Al Horford who does a lot of different things. They, you know, Ennis Cantor is a guy who can score the basketball. They just feel a little bit deeper. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. Yeah, no, they, they definitely built depth, and um, I think they're going to be a pretty good re- regular season team. I think they're mm-hmm. going to outperform their win total expectation, whatever Vegas has them at. Um, you know, I, I think they have more depth than they've had in a couple seasons, without a doubt. I, I, the talent isn't as top-heavy as what it was um, certainly two years ago when you went into it with Haywood Walker, you know, Tatum and Brown. However, um, if that team stayed healthy, they might have won the finals. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the the depth outside of power forward is really, really good. And I, I, I do think that, um, you know, they're in a position right now where they can make, you know, at the trade deadline, they can improve the team, unlike in previous years. And it doesn't have to just be dependent on a, a traded player exemption. They have right. contracts that they can cobble together if they're outperforming expectations and Bradley Bale isn't available at the trade deadline, they can pull in an expiring Bale, um, you know, that they think can help this team this year. And, you know, so this roster um, may not be set, you know, they may not be done building this roster 
um, until the trade deadline. And they are well positioned, even better positioned than a lot of different teams because of the contracts they can compile together now where they, in the past, they haven't had that at all. They haven't had these uh, mid-range 10 to $12 million guys that they, they can really move and, and actually have some value. You know, they had Tristan Thompson last year, but, you know, he was almost negative value. Um, so, you know, to your point, they, they are set up to, you know, probably outperform expectations in the regular season. I don't know if they're a better playoff t- team than even last year's roster. You know, if last year's roster was healthy against this year's roster, there's, you know, there's top-end talent there with Walker and Fournier that might be better than what they have right now. Um, but they are certainly more built for the regular season and to strike at the deadline than they were last year, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think you're starting to see too, and you saw glimpses of it last year with Smith that, some of these first round draft picks might be um, they might be valuable and ready to play next year as we're seeing yeah. in the summer league. So a lot of problems things that. going on. Yeah. 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 We, we can get into that now, but I know we're going to get into that in a bit of just, you know, the encouragement taking stock in some of these summer league guys. And E Smith certainly is a guy that is, is standing out. Um, yeah. So before we jump in the summer league, let's grade out the off season moves. Let's take a look at, you know, what moves have they made? The first trade was obviously the Tristan Thompson trade. Well, the first moved... trade was actually Horford. Oh, sorry, yeah, it's so actually, I ago. mean, that's that's the biggest domino, too. We forget that. that yeah. And, you know. Um, I mean, it happened that, while the playoffs were still happening. Yeah, it was still yeah. happening. And, uh, you know, we talked about this at length. You know, the the one thing that still you got to watch is, I mean, they it was a good deal in the sense of you were able to move off that contract and kind of start your off season and that move. Look, if they waited on that, it could have been over them the whole time and paralyzed the rest of their off season. Exactly. And, and so that's where it was important. Unfortunately, that 16th pick, the kid from Turkey, I'm forgetting his right name right now. He looks pretty damn good. He does look um, really good. So, you know, that, uh, you know, having to give up another pick, you know, especially when you start to look at, they gave up a pick with Baines, who, you know, that pick turned into a good play. They gave up a pick for Cantor, and mm-hmm. that pick turned, it looks like, into a good player. So, you know, that's tough to stomach as a Celtics fan, but I, I think that first domino was important. And then, you know, why don't you kick off the the next move, which was uh, Tristan Thompson uh, for, um, you know, Chris Don. And, and uh, what's Fernando? Uh, yeah, Fernando. Let me. <laughs> yeah, the, I guess he's a power forward or a center. He's look. I mean, he's playing summer league ball. I have no idea. But I, the one thing that surprised me about that deal is why the Celtics got a draft pick. I didn't understand that. But uh, I, I was yeah. happy that they just unloaded um, Tristan Thompson's contract. And this is before they got Josh Richardson. So I said to myself, you know, Chris Dunn's been a bust. But one thing he can do is defend. He's an on the ball defender. So it's I was happy to have that, and he's a real tradable contract. So it was to me, it was just a great trade for the Celtics at the time to move off from from Tristan Thompson, and then it was a domino to the next move, which was another move I like. Where, well, know, can we can we yeah. stay on this one real before we go to the next one? Um, yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's amazing that Sacramento was it Sacramento that gave the pick or Atlanta, but how didn't Sacramento get a pick for giving for up Tristan Thompson? Yeah, and giving up right. Uh, it just, that seems crazy. Um, so Fernando, Bruno Fernando, I, who knows? He, he's looked all right in summer league. He, mm-hmm. he, he, to me, he looks better than Moses Brown. Um, and you know, we'll see what, what comes of that, but they, the depth at center is never a bad thing when your first two guys, are Williams and Horford, who are probably going to miss time at some point. Um, Chris Dunn, this is like the high risk, high reward part of the deal. Um, he was historically good defensively two years ago, mm-hmm. like maybe the best perimeter guy defender in the league by a long mile. He was putting up numbers that were insane defensively. I realize that. And, you know, then he got hurt and he had the shoulder thing and he missed pretty much all of last year. Yep. Um, so I have no idea what type of health he is, but I think there is, you know, some value there, whether you keep him on this team and find a way to get him minutes. And I don't know how you do that, how they constitute it now, know, or if right? you're able to flip him for someone else, if someone has an injury during the preseason. 
So it's um, I I don't you know I don't think Chris Dunn is a zero unless he is just so physically washed from injuries that he can't do it anymore. But it was just two seasons ago where there wasn't a better guy defender in the league. Well, it was just three or four weeks ago when that trade was made that I said, oh, is, is it him or Pritchard who's your backup point guard? And now you're looking at Chris Dunn as your fourth point guard. I think the Celtics are in a good place at that position where yeah. it was a huge question mark in the offseason. Uh, we'll see what he can bring. Um, if he's that good of a defender, he's going to have to play. So yes. it's going to be minutes are going to be interesting on this team. But why don't you talk about the second deal that was made with Dallas? Yeah. Uh, so this this one, you know, it's it's kind of funny. You know, this is where the whole league investigating tampering, you know, it gets interesting because Dallas and New Orleans both thought they had a chance at Kyle Lowry. As it turns out, they never ever did, no. and he he was all lined up to go to Miami. So you really did impact two teams that thought they were in the game. And what Dallas ended up doing is they traded uh, Josh Richardson, not for nothing, but essentially for nothing, just to trade a player exemption. Mm -hmm. um, a guy that probably would get you something if you were shopping him and you didn't have to just, if the league didn't know you, were just dumping him for salary. Um, he's a $10, $12 million player, somewhere in that range, which is probably what he's worth on the open market. He's a good player. He used to be a very good player in Miami. Um, where he would handle the ball a whole lot. Well, that's the thing. Find multiple positions, mm -hmm. and he shot the ball a little bit better there. I think he's been misused in Philadelphia and um, and in uh, Dallas. Well, let me and cut in there for one second. What's that? Let me cut in. I just let me just cut in there for one second because I think in Miami he was used right. He was actually used yeah. as point guard. He was in the playoffs in the bubble. Philly was using him right. And he played really, really well against the Celtics. I remember him, you know, the games would be close for like three quarters. And it was yeah, him and Shane Milton. Yeah. yeah, him and Milton were yeah. giving the Celtics a hard time, hitting jumpers, handling the ball. When he went to Dallas, it was almost like, uh, well, we're going to stick you, we're gonna stick you in the corner yeah. to shoot threes. Yeah. It's, uh, you'd be interested in whether he starts to come off the bench. I, I kind of like him coming off the bench and, and because Schroeder is used to playing with multiple guards. You know, he did that very successfully in OKC. And you Aaron see that needs to start. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, potentially. And you can see that a little bit, although Neesmith, there's, there's still some holes. It, mm -hmm. But Richardson... Um, yeah, he's in a contract year. I, I think if the Celtics use him right, he they, you could really some some pretty good results. And he's exactly that type of player at the deadline. If you want to move for something bigger, he's a nice appealing piece, you know. Um, and a guy that's good for the locker room. He just he does what the coach asks him to do. He doesn't complain. He's a solid NBA veteran. Um, they haven't had a lot of that coming off their bench. So yeah. I was I was happy with that move. He defends. And so early on in this offseason, your issue that you're looking at, and it wasn't resolved even with future moves, it might mm -hmm. be resolved with the Summer League guys, is you don't have any shooting. Yeah. Um, the way this, you know, this offseason is being built up. Uh, Hopefully, can, obviously, um, but yeah. you, you wonder what's left in the tank there. You get out of it out of the land of, you know, Chris Dunn can't shoot at all. Fernando's not a threat. And Richardson's been bad over the last mm -hmm. two years shooting the three. I think he's been about 32%, which is really unacceptable for a, a shooting guard in the NBA in, in this iteration of the game. So the, that's that's a negative. But on the whole, I think both those trades are good, somewhere between fine, solid, and good, somewhere in that mixture, um, mm -hmm. all three of them. They're all three moves that you, you kind of say, okay, there's potential real upside, and I, I, there's not a lot of negative value Don, Fernando, and um, Richardson are all gone after next year. They're all in one-year deals, and, and you can yep. buy out part of its contract. So the the financial um, carryover isn't huge here either. And that kind of gets us into our first free agent, and it took a while for the Celtics, um, and, and it was your boy. Oh, <laughs> before we got the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah uh... it was your boy, Inez Cantor. I, uh, you know? I, I wasn't very happy about the move. I thought there were still centers on the board who did more than him, than him especially defensively, who would get who ended yep. up signing similar contracts. But I think there was a familiar familiarity with 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 um, Cantor that they are comfortable with him. He's obviously well liked 
in Boston yeah. by his teammates. Um, and I think the staff, obviously, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and something that Cantor does offer you if he's not playing every night is he can come in and rebound and score the basketball in bunches. So yeah. I guess as your third or fourth center, which we, he might be the fourth center, depending on you know him or the other kid, um, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a league minimum. Um, so Exactly. He's not the mid-level exception like you got him for before, which drove yeah. me insane. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. because if that means you're giving him minutes and he got playoff minutes and he hurts you tr- badly. Um, he's behind Horford. He's behind Williams. Um, he will win you a game or two during the regular season, like you said, because of re- and like it's he crazy. did for Portland. The guy switches teams every year. He's coming off a career, yeah. It, like, his numbers are career numbers, highs and like, rebounding percentage and, mm-hmm. you know, field goal percentage. And he um, is signing for the league minimum, which... And he really was replaced by Cody Zeller. Yeah, which shows you what the... The guy that I wouldn't mind the Celtics grabbing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but the other thing that Cantor gives you that Zella doesn't and that Horford doesn't and that Williams doesn't is he stays healthy and he stays on the floor. So mm-hmm. he get, does give you that reliability. Um, he, he can't defend. I think the offense, I just think everything looks terrible when he's out there. Um, but for a regular season guy, uh, again, it's fine. It's I, I, it's it's for the league minimum. It's okay. Yep. Um, and then the the last free agent move. Um, I mean, how can you not like this move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Schroeder. Um, obviously, the poor bastard, you know, <laughs> should have signed wow, an eighty million dollar extension with the Lakers. And maybe um, the Lakers are happy about how that worked out, though. Whatever, I'm sure he got better offers early on in free agency that he turned down thinking he'd get bigger. Um, he should probably fire his agent. Um, yeah, I bet he in his mind he thought he was going to be a starting point guard for the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, and look, he, again, this is another guy that can't shoot really that great. You know, he, he is not – he's a completely different player than Kemba Walker where you will not see the pull-up three pretty much at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, where Kemba would do that all the time. What he's great at is is getting to the He gets rack. in the paint, man. Yeah, yeah. incredible speed and good finishing ability, and he'll get to the line. Um, he's He averages, I think, about six assists a game, so he's he's not a bad distributor. Um, and you got to think he's coming here, at least starting out off the bench. And um, That's where he's been at his best, though. It, it look, uh, he would not have been a target for me in free agency, but once it got down to where he's five, where he's a mid-level exception guy, and not even a um, where the he's tax a taxpayer like, yeah. level, I was then I was like, okay, well, this is a really good value deal, and and another guy that if he's going great for you, keep him throughout the whole season, see where the season takes you, but he, you can flip him too. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what. Coach Udoka will do. I, he, I mean, Smart has played well coming off the bench. Smart has played well as a, as a starter. Um, Schroeder has flourished coming off the bench, whether it was with Atlanta, uh, whether it was with OKC, but he also played really well as a starter with Atlanta. Uh, he didn't play well as a starter uh, in L.A., so he used to back up Teague, but when Teague left Atlanta, he was the starting point guard on that team. He played well, so... I think you run a real uh, risk not starting Smart this year. If you don't sign him to the extension and you don't start him in his contract year when he's the longest-tenured guy in the team, you're running a real risk of running into a chemistry Why wouldn't problem. they sign him to the extension, though? I heard they offered it to him, so would it be him that would not sign, right? Yeah, so he's a, he's thinks he's worth more. I, so I... I Unless, uh, unless this is all formality and they're just working out getting this done, or all these reports could be completely wrong too. That's the other oh. thing. If you he know. was, if he was offered an extension, he's not signing it. I'd be trying to trade him right now. But in the meantime, I, I would start him mm-hmm. because you're just helping that value. Yeah. Um, even in the That's trade, you, you know, and you want to keep him as happy as you can. Um, especially unless you're better with Schroeder. Well, uh, Schroeder's not here long term. Yeah, smart could be. This is a one and done with Schroeder. You know that um, he's using you. You use him. I, uh, there's not a yeah. You know, I, like he's coming into this situation probably being told that as of today, Smart's a starter. So there there isn't going to be this 
hard feelings. I, it doesn't matter as much. It, it's, it matters who finishes the game. These guys can finish the game together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Schroeder probably had his best season, like you said, coming off the bench in OKC and playing with um, three guards at a time. Yeah, with Chris Paul and SGA. Yeah. Um, you know, and flourishing. You know, so he's flourished in a three guard, small guard system before. The Celtics could potentially run that out with him, Smart, and you know, maybe even Pritchett because of the shooting, yeah. and, and have some effective uh, lineups. You know, and Schroeder yeah, and Smart are, are long, so they can defend bigger, obviously. Yeah, I was watching actually some shorter defensive highlights. He he's quick. Uh, yeah. He's not he's not known as a great defender, but he is a pretty good defender. Uh, athletic, yeah. he's he can cover multiple guard positions. Uh, that's a steal that he ended up here at that money. I, I not much else to say about it that they, you know, they got a lot better by bringing him on. He can score the basketball. They didn't have anybody on the bench last year to come in and score. So no, and what I really like about this too is that I I think it, you mentioned Stan Neesmith. Um, it, with these young guys, where if you didn't make these moves, they would have had to play by default. They're going to have to earn these minutes, you know, and they're going to have to beat out veterans. And it's the best thing for the team if they do. You know, if mm-hmm. if, if Neesmith is playing over Richardson because he earned it, because he's better, that's good. That's really, oh, yeah. really good. You know, Same with Langford. So those, yeah. So the yeah. those things are um, – I like that. I like that type of competition on the team, especially with young guys. And, and, you know, they're not being handed anything here. They're going to have to go out and take it if they want to get on the floor. Well, and the other thing too is you want to stay deep because obviously, you know, COVID's here to stay. It's it's horrible again, the Delta variant. So you're going to see teams affected by it again this season. And yeah, you possibly could, yeah. Yeah, and if if you learned anything from last year, if you don't have guys that can play, you're gonna. Miami and Boston was in big trouble last year. That's the one thing up where they did. The one thing they still don't have, and it's um, it's the most difficult thing to find. So hopefully. You know, they signed a two-way guy that's a 6'8 wing that maybe had a great G League season defending last year um, and just roll the dice and see what happens. Is they still don't have a guy that can spell Brown and Tatum to defend bigger wings during the regular season. Not necessarily a guy that would even play in the playoffs, but they don't. You, you, you When you bring in the real studs into the TD Garden during the regular season, it's either Tatum or Brown. It's asking, And that's just asking too much during 82 games. Yeah. Oh, Stanley Johnson's still out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's so, you know, you look at the biggest questions left on the roster. I think the roster is pretty sad. You know, it's going to be bringing in a second two way player, whatever that is. And then it's, you make them the decision about your 15th guy. And so whether the, I mean, in Chris Donnan and Fernando could be traded. Um, so I shouldn't say it's absolutely sad. That could open up an additional roster spot. Um, if it's like a two for one type deal, um, yeah, it's an interesting spot because if they don't trade those two, I mean, Edwards has a guaranteed contract. So if you waive them, you're, you're paying for the contract. So it's almost, I yeah. wonder if, if part of ownership hopes that, you know, Mater and the kid they just drafted is going to play overseas for another year. So they don't have to deal. Oh, I think I they're going to tell them. I think they're going to tell them. And I, what I think is going to happen is... You, you I don't gotta, think it's best for the team, but... So that Tristan Thompson second-round pick that you saw come in, which is really a bonus pick now, I think mm-hmm. whether that's going to be used with Edwards or with Dunn, um, I think you're going to see one of those guys go out with that and just take... And Edwards is the easier guy to move because you're talking less mm-hmm. than $2 million. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, one, a team with cap space right now, send him a second-round pick, you know, they can gamble on a 22-year-old, 23-year-old kid, whatever he is. lighting up Summer League again. lighting up Summer yeah. League. Yeah. And um, he's never played in Summer League, has he? Oh, yeah, he did. He was on that oh, yeah, two years ago. team. He lit yeah, that yeah, Summer League up, ago. too. Yeah, yeah, two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, um, I think that's what you're going to see happen. Uh, you, you, you can trade anybody in the NBA, as you know. And so I, I think unless, you know, they're able to go for a two for one and they bring in some guy that's a little bit better than Jabari Parker. There's a role for Parker on this team because it's really about him. Backup power forward. That could be so, your wing because he defended yeah. pretty good on Durant in the playoffs last year in game. Four. Yeah. He, he's all they have that can spell. And then I would roll the dice. Like I said, my second, a two way would be another six, eight guy that was a good defender in the G league. And, and let's just see how he does next year. Um, the the two way yeah. player they signed seemed like it might've been a hit. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam Hauser. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Six threes the other night or something. Let's let's roll right into this. Let's roll right into this. So that with some of Celtics, let's summer overreact league. to summer league. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the first two I don't think are overreactions, um, at least not on my part. So let's just talk about the two best players first: Pritchett and and Aaron Neesmith. Um, yeah, I'm going to start. Pritchett just scored ninety six points in the yeah. Pan Am game. <laughs> the big thing for me with Pritchett is just his range. In summer league, uh, I know. Yeah, and it's like that. That seems to me has been um, something that he has really worked on in his game, and for his size, he needs it. And I, I wonder if um, he, he he looks like an NBA player in the summer league, and a good one at that. I, I I wonder if we've been kind of seeing him all wrong as the backup type point guard. If he's going to turn himself into the small two got in the Seth Curry mode for the rest of his career. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, just kind of a sharpshooter, a guy that can stretch the floor endlessly. I mean, he's a perfect guy for Tatum right now. If he can line up five PP on the three point line and Tatum can kick back to him, um, that's going to really ease, ease on Tatum's game quite a bit. Um, you know, he's looked good distributing the ball, but to me, the biggest takeaway is, and he's not just doing it off, the dribble he's also doing it on the catch yeah. you know and so he he's shooting from deep 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 and he's doing it very well i think pritchard's gonna have a long nba career yeah i uh, we saw he's we, gonna play next year even we with saw more than glimpses of, we saw more than glimpses of it last yeah. year he had several games where he hit five or six threes and but he didn't have this range like, no it wasn't this deep he, well he tried to but they didn't go in yeah um yeah what he's doing in summer league and not only that, he, just like the leadership role, you can tell he's he, he's loving it. You can just tell yeah. he's loving the role that he's in. Uh, everything runs through him. Um, yeah, I think that deep three is going to, obviously, it's going to be huge for the Celtics if that carries over into the regular season. And then with Neesmith, it's more than just seeing And doesn't that, though, before we get to Neesmith, doesn't it just feel and look like a skill that <laughs> does carry over? Yeah. You know, some of the stuff you look, you wonder if it carries over. But to me, that just looks like something that carries over. Yeah, I mean, if you're yeah. a shooter, you're a shooter. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with Neesmith, I think a lot of what we're seeing in Summer League, we saw a lot of it last year, a guy with raw athletic ability. Um, he's he's an athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're seeing in Summer League is kind of like that jump that we saw with Jalen Brown, but I'm not comparing him to Jalen Brown, where he's now he's doing things where he's hitting turnaround jump shots, he's pulling up for two-point jumpers. Yeah. Uh, Shooting from deep, dribble. deep, deep, too, as well, yeah. Which is kind. I kind of expected that from him. It's the other things that I didn't expect to see, which I don't know if we're going to carry over into the NBA uh, this season. But he looks like a player that's getting better, and I think we saw it with him last year. Just watching him and how athletic he was, that this is a guy who looked like he could be an NBA starter. And I think out of all the players in summer league on the Celtics, he has the most promise as the youngest player on the ro- as a young player on the roster. He's the one. Like he's a blue chip prospect to me. I, I, that's a guy I'm not thinking about trading right now, unless I'm bringing in somebody who's really yeah, good. Yeah, there's been some real encouraging things, and there's been things on offense I haven't expected. You know, the shots off the dribble and um, the exactly. contested makes. Um, you know, you know, there's one play where, um, I don't know, it was like a secondary break where Pritchard had the ball and Neesmith trailing and he shoots it from about six feet deep beyond the three-point line and mm-hmm. just really in the flow of the offense that stuff um you didn't see a ton of you saw a lot of corner threes from him and, and you saw okay. some off the dribble but there was a little bit duncan robinson thing going on here with within the summer league now the speed's a lot different once the season goes so you, maybe mm-hmm. you don't see that but that's been encouraging to me um you know, he still works his ass off and he's all over the place defensively. He's still not a very good defender and, and he still can't stay in front of smaller guys or even guys his size. Um, he really struggles there. Um, you know, but, you know, I would like to see him in summer league start covering bigger guys because they're going to need help. He's a little bit longer. He's got decent lengths. It looks like he definitely packed on some muscle. He's still yeah. not an overly big kid. I just, you know, maybe the Celtics already know he can't do it, but I'd be interested to see how he would do God in fours right now and if he could hold his own because um, 
he, he's not a liability defensively, but he's um he's got a long way to go. Well, it does. That's why bringing yeah. in Richardson was so important. Or on the flip side, you know, Romeo Langford in game four, I keep bringing up game four against the Nets, but he showed you something last year in that last yeah. playoff game. And I think he's been up and down in the summer league, but I I think one thing that you've seen from the summer league, we, we haven't got to see Romeo Langford play, right? So what I've seen in the summer league is this guy is an extreme, I mean, he's, he's an athlete, right? And he looks like a guy who's still confused on the defensive end because he gets beat a lot. But he also looks like if if he stays healthy, he could develop into somebody who could be a good defensive player. And his shot doesn't look awful. Um, no. So this is a – I don't know where he fits in anymore in this roster and how he's going to earn minutes. This is a big year for Romeo Langford. And, yeah, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on where you think this yeah, is so going for him. I think – what they're asking him to do doesn't necessarily translate well into super summer league stats. You know, he's been a lot of go to the corner, shoot the three. Um, he, you know, they've seen a little bit with the dribble, you know, maybe with Pritchard gone, you're going to see him more with the dribble um, over the, you know, I, I would guess he'd played one of these last two games. Do they have two um, games left? I thought they just said one. Yeah. I thought it was one and then the championship game. Okay. So that, that's go. the way. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I would like to see a little bit more of that. Um, I, I, I think Romeo's big issue from what we've seen of him towards the end of last year, and now it's just a consistent focus. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when he's really focused in on defense, he's really solid. When he's yeah. not, he's average. Really bad. Yeah. You know, and I think that and when he's focused in on defense, it translates over to his offensive end, and he becomes a better offensive player because – He's not enormously skilled offensively. He's okay. He's a big, strong kid. He can get to the hoop. He can shoot it a little bit. He can handle it a little bit. He doesn't, there really isn't a plus plus skill for him on the offensive end at the NBA level, but he does a lot of nice things. And, um, but when he lacks the focus on the other end, he's not worth playing because he doesn't have any of those plus skills on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the, it, it's going to be on him. And like, I think you, you summed it up perfectly. Just kind of make a break and, and he's got a chance to earn it. And there's always going to be a guy that goes down with injury and there's going to be an opportunity. There will be opportunity for him. Well, hopefully it's on him. And look, <laughs> I'm sure Brad and Ime, um would just love for him to beat out a guy like Josh Richardson or beat out, you know, whomever that veteran is and, get, and earn those minutes. But that's going to, that's going to be up to him. Um, as the season goes on, you know, the other you know, kind of veterans on the team, you know, Cousin Edwards, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on. Uh, he's playing for his NBA career, whether that's on the Celtics or somebody else right now. Um, hopefully I think it's the not. best thing hopefully. for him, I, I think the best thing for him is to play somewhere else. I, yeah. I mean, the kid looks like he can score. I, I just don't think he, it's obviously not a fit yet. And so... You know, well, if, you, he, you if could, he could get traded to a team that's not con- contending and he could play, maybe he could turn his career into Eddie House. I just don't think it's happening here. Well, you see the difference between him and Pritchard. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, well, Pritchard a has a few different speeds. He's under control. Edwards is kind of one speed, and if he tries to speed up, he gets out of control. The range hasn't really increased. You know, mm-hmm. he can shoot a three, but it hasn't really, you know, from step back or off the dribble, he really isn't great. And, and you can't do it from four to five feet out. And he's kind of needs that because he's so small. Exactly. Um, he's on borrowed time. And um, I, you know, my guess is he's not on this roster come open tonight. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's, that's best for everybody. You know, the other uh, veteran, he's new to the Celtics. I've been somewhat impressed is Fernando. He can catch mm-hmm. the ball. Which you know, people laugh. That's a big deal for a big nowadays. He can actually—he's tough. Yeah, he defends pretty well. He hustles. There's some basketball um, instinct in there. You can tell, Um, you know. And he's been in that Atlanta system for a couple years. And and I think they said he was G League Player of the Year maybe two years ago too. Atlanta was high on him, and it just didn't happen for them last year. And and, you know, Atlanta was a pretty deep team that has something to do with it. The other thing that has to do with it is Fernando didn't do a good enough job. And mm-hmm. so um, I think he's interesting. I don't know whether he's going to be here open tonight or not, but uh, he's better than I thought he was from what I've seen. 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't want to spend a ton of time on Celtics second round draft picks, but it does look like they might have hit the last two years. Um, I mean, we only got to see a little bit of the major before he got hurt, um, but he is the best defender on that team right now on the um, summer league team. It's not even close. Yeah, that first game was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I like the he fact came that... in the game and they went on like a twenty to nothing run. And I, I like the fact he did it against Cooper because, you know, everyone was mm-hmm. calling for Cooper on draft night and um, he just, he ate him up. He really, mm-hmm. I think he picked his pocket a couple of times and really made him look really bad. Um, he, yeah, he looked, he doesn't look big enough to be, he looks like he needs to bulk up some. Um, yeah, to, I agree with that. To play in the league. Um, there isn't a spot for him point card wise right now. And there's probably an advantage for the Celtics to be like, Go back in to Israel, tear it up. You know, other we to even get you out of your contract, we're gonna have to spend a ton of money on your buyout because is it, this actually went to court where he tried to get out of his Israeli contract and the Israeli Supreme Court ruled for the team. So the wow. Celtics would have to spend like five to ten million, I would think, to even get him out of his contract to have him come over to be the set. Yeah, but he's playing really? overseas. And there's like it adds something to the trade when you kind of say we can we'll give you his his uh his rights and they just see him tearing it up and he's not screwing it up uh his value at all in the NBA <laughs> you know there's still like that yeah. you know that college of law or international law but he, he looks okay he does and I don't I can't pronounce his name the, the kid they drafted out of France this looks like an NBA player and he's played well um. And then their their two way player Hauser he can shoot the ball. Um, yeah, let's so. go back to Beharon though. I think it's uh is it one? Uh, I'm trying to look it up, but I think he'd say Beharon Beharon. Uh, sure. But yeah, that's good. I, he's I like him. I like him better than Mater right now. Um, he's a he's a big solid kid. Um, he's got instincts on defense that you know you can't really coach up. He, he looks like he's plays. been playing pro ball for a while. Yeah. He, he well, yeah, yeah, and he plays the passing lanes already, so he, like he has that instinctual kind of. Um, and he doesn't want to go back; he wants to be yeah. here. The ball kind of, yeah, finds him. Mm-hmm. Um, he shoots better than I thought, even though yeah. some of the shots have been really ugly. But you know, it's still better than I thought. Um, he looks like an NBA player, and mm-hmm. um, I do think he probably needs another year honing his skills overseas. But does he need to be overseas, or would he be better off playing here in the development league? I think that's something they have to weigh out, right? Where Where is he going to develop more? Is it in France or is it here? Because you see players in the de- the development league here who, you know, well, they have an open two way spot. Um, that's what I'm saying. He he may not want a two way spot because you're capped out on how much you can make. Yeah. Whereas as a second round pick, you can sign for like four for seven million or something. Or you might be able to make more of the seeds in a two way. Yeah. Spot, so, yeah. um, so I don't know what the, and the clock starts to tick on the Celtics on how long they can have him at that point. Um, and, and they might not want to lose that a year to a two way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I, there isn't space for him now. As my, he may want to come, but it's not completely up to him. Um, I think, uh, but I like him. I do. And, uh, you know, we talk about he's only 6'6", but I think his wingspan is, is pretty huge. I think it's over seven feet. And I we talk about that big defender. And, you know, even if he's not here this year, just, the potential of having that going forward is a really nice surprise. You know, yeah, I think it also speaks to this draft. Uh, I don't, I don't think that kid goes that deep into the second round in other years. Um, just seeing what he looks like right now. No, no, and and you know we brought up Sharif Cooper earlier. Everyone who was hollering is the Celtics. I don't even know who that up. is. He's a little point guard. Um, played at the same school as uh, Trey Young. Um, Oh, okay. uh, and then got drafted by Atlanta. Uh, so everyone at that point was screaming for the Celtics to take him because he, he you know, he's so electric in college. You have no idea who Baron is. And then, you know, as I'm watching this, there's no doubt who I'd mm-hmm. rather have 
exactly. you know, just like NBA body and, and, and everything else. And, and the athleticism is off the charts. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I, uh, I, I kind of like him and I know you want to get to Doogie Hauser MD. <laughs> well, I, I just think, um, you know, I don't want to spend much time. on. Yeah. I, I know this last, uh, our last couple of pods, we just talked about using those two way contracts for free of the wings who could defend or shoot. And I, yeah. I think this is what they need to do every year. Sign guys like him and, and, you know, maybe another, the other one's just an athlete. Um, yeah. Exactly. They had it. I mean, they had it. Uh, they had it with PJ Dozer, and they let him go. Unfortunately, they had it with the other kid who ended up in Miami, who they let go. Unfortunately, um, so Max Strauss. Hold, yeah, Max Strauss. Let's hold yeah. on to this kid for a full year and see if he's an NBA player. Yeah, he can, I, he, it's obvious he can shoot. I mean, yeah, yeah, and then gamble with a uh, like I said, maybe it's a G League player who defended really well last year and lacks mm-hmm. offensive skill, and you can see if you can develop it within your system. Um, yeah, I, 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 I he, they, and the other thing I really liked about it is they, you know, Miami thought they had him, Pat Riley thought they had him, and the Celtics, he, you know, he, he, he reneged on his agreement with them and came to the Celtics. So, you know, anytime you can fuck over Pat Riley, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, it so, also, I mean, I think it also gives promise to the kid if Pat Riley wanted him. Yeah. Because he's pretty good at finding people like that. Yeah, he, um, he has been. There's no you know, the, yeah. the other two-way spot, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on two-way spots, but if they got another center, I wouldn't be disappointed if they got a rim-running center to have another one on the roster. Just with the way Rob and um, Al, you don't know what their health is going to look like. And after that, you basically have Cantor, an undersized center on your roster. So if they sign some sort of an athlete, an athletic center as their last – two-way squad I, i'd be happy with that yeah i i i i don't think that's a bad move i i think they need a power forward type defender much more than that. they just don't have one on there they don't have a backup four right now on the roster really outside of jabari parker it uh, just, i don't think anybody signed one. patrick patterson yet he's still up there yeah, yeah. um that's so power forward. yeah i don't think they're signing any more guys no, I, don't think so. I, I think i think they're done there um so, hey, I think on the whole, I feel better about the Celtics than I did when the season ended. Um, just Not just for this season, but for the trajectory going forward. The big thing for them is going to be, I, I think, just looking forward, is obviously they're trying to keep space open to make a move either for a trade or sign a bill. If that isn't available, you, just, you don't want to become one of these teams like Dallas who's trying to kick that space open over every year. And it gets to Mm -hmm. a point of, well, when are you going to do something? Mm -hmm. You you know, so that's the one thing they need to be careful of, but I I think they're in a better spot. I think they're going to be a pretty good regular season team. I think unless if, um, you know, Caden and Brown are just spectacular, they're not really built for the playoffs right now. Um, But I think the goal here was to, get better built for the second round and, and open up your future. And I think they're, the trajectory is right. I, I feel good about it. Yeah. And just compared to the rest of the NBA, at least in the Eastern conference on off seasons, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of teams that were, and maybe they made more noise, but I don't know how much better they really are in the yeah. in the long term. I think they some of them like the Chicago Bulls long term. I don't think they. I think they're going to regret some of these moves. Uh, they traded away a lot of first round picks to be a team that's what. What's their ceiling? A four seed, a five seed, um, and they've and always they overpaid on all these a, a tremendously. Like for the value you're going to get back on ball and DeRozan and they even and, overpaid for a guy like Caruso. I mean, they even gave up a first round pick in the DeRozan deal. Yeah. Yeah. And they overpaid for Caruso. So right now the way they I don't want to spend a lot of time on the bulls, but DeRozan average uh, best part of his game is his facilitate plays almost like a point guard. Now he overage over eight assists a game. You have Lonzo ball who can't shoot off the dribble at all. It's a catch-and-shoot guy, but his game is built on being a point guard. 
with Zach Levine, who absolutely needs the ball in his hands all the time. Mm-hmm. In so, the center, who needs the ball in his hands? Yeah. So, like, how, how do you? Well, any one of those guys would work with Vucevic because you know they're all good ball handlers and can distribute okay. But how those three guys work together? I mean, the way it looks right now, it's almost you put like Monza ball in the corner. Yeah. You you know it, it so it's just it's really a weird structure of what they're trying to do. And, um, who are, and and talk about in a league where you have to be able to defend the wing. Yeah. That team can't. No, they they don't. You know, you look at the way they built it. Uh, they don't have a single guy on their team that can defend either uh, Brown and Tatum, um, which is, you know, if you if you just make the Celtic centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, I mean, the Knicks made a lot of loud noise. To saw, but I tell you, that Evan Fournier contract, is, they, it's going to come back to bite them because they're a team that's been waiting forever to sign yeah. a big name. And that, that's gone now. I mean, you locked up Julius Randle. You locked yeah. up Fournier. You locked up Derrick Rose. You locked yeah. up... Um, there's somebody else that they brought back uh, uh burks right alex burks is that his name so i mean i don't know how much better they got and we'll see if kemba's healthy i i mean i don't know they feel yeah, like see, the same I mean, the, team yeah, the kemba movie i mean it's that was a good uh low risk high reward i guess you gave 20 something million dollars a year to fournier you gave it to a yeah. guy who's never been out of the first round of the playoffs yeah, yeah. So he kind of fits right into your culture. They, they, they overspent. That was a terrible contract for him. Yeah. He's a good player. Terrible contract. Uh, Kemba, you know, was eight million's good for him. Obviously, he's a talented guy, but it's a good move for the Knicks. You don't yeah. know if he's how he can. He's not going to give you a full <clears> season of games. And how's Tibbs going to do with his lack of defense? I, I have no idea. And Tibbs isn't the type of guy that wants to sit players on back to back. Is he going to be able to manage Kemba's minutes the way? You should, or is he going to run him into the ground? Well, if he can't, I, I, manage, if he can't manage Kemba's minutes when you have Derek Rose, Alex Burke, I, I, I'm probably saying his name wrong, and quickly, I mean, they if they can't manage Kemba's minutes with that much yeah, time, then, point guard, then they're then he's you know that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, then maybe to your point, they can. Uh, but I, I think what you're trying to hit at is that their sailing is probably what the Bulls are really, um, mm-hmm. and another team that's really not built for the playoffs. RJ Barrett is that type of wing that could become a really good playoff player. Yes. But they, they don't have other guys that you look at and you say, oh, uh, we can really depend on him in a seven-game series to give it to us both ways and not be a liability on one end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see. You know, I, 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 you know, and the other thing is here too is there is a tip situation, and it's not a fifty-game season; it's an eighty-two-game season. Like, when do these guys start saying, "Okay, every practice doesn't have to be a war"? Yeah, you know. So uh, the other team that's probably worth mentioning out east is Miami. just Miami. I think they got better. I do think their sailing is not a championship, um, and I, you know, I question given that type of money and that type of contract to Kyle Lowry at that age. Oh, God. I I agree. I, the contracts, I mean, the, the contract for Chris Paul. I mean, yeah. talk about these older point guards and the contracts that they get. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say about Miami, um, what makes them a content, I, I, I don't want to overrate coaches in the NBA. Oh, Spolster's great. He really is. Yeah, it's supposed to be great. whole organization and, and, is great. And they got two really crunch time players in Bam and Butler mm-hmm. uh, that you can really trust. And if Lowry's healthy, he'll be good in the playoffs, although he sucked against the Celtics for the most part. Yeah, they got a lot he, of shooting. He was not, you know, and they paid him a lot of money. He was bad in that last series against the Celtics. And then he, you know, he had Sayakam. He had OG around him. He had Van Fleet. And they couldn't get to 500 last year. Um, so, and I know they had injuries. They had Bosher too. So well, they also had a play in Miami. Uh, where, 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 where yeah, not in Florida, Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Tampa. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so we'll see how that works out from a Celtics perspective. Um, but they the spent Nisman's so much conversation money. is in, interesting because we look at Duncan Robinson. To, I think it was 18 million a year. Yep. This is why getting something out of Neesmith is so important right now because. Guys like him, when they hit free agency, you got to pay him to keep him. 
because shooting is such a valuable asset in the NBA. And, um, you know, and Duncan Robinson is a pretty good player. But take away that shooting, he's nowhere near an $18 million. I mean, the shooting's worth the $18 million, But it, it just goes to show. And they had to let a couple guys walk in order to get that done. You know, uh, Kendrick Nunn and uh, Igla Dower, who looked like grandpa last year anyway. So I don't think they're going to miss him too much. Um, well, they, I mean, Kendrick and they brought in P.J. Tucker. You know, they brought in mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker. Um where Which, does he fit in? I mean, I don't, I don't know if he really fits there. And uh-huh. I didn't think he looked that great in the playoffs. If I was them, I would have gone after Paul Millsap instead of PJ Tucker. But you know, Has anybody got you know, him yet? No one's gotten him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. He should go. Wow. Maybe he needs to go back to Denver. I don't know, but um, it's interesting. The East is so interesting because obviously it just depends on the health and the mental health of the Brooklyn Nets. And I just don't know if Kyrie Irving's committed to winning anymore. And if basketball is his most important thing in his life, and that's fine if it's not, he's in the humanitarian stuff. I'm not dogging him for that. I'm just saying, I don't know. And I don't know if James Harden can make it through a season with the way his, you know, the way he takes care of his body. I, I, I will say I, this. I, yeah, I will say, I will I mean, say this. Uh, that contract extension to Durant, four years, $180 million, whatever it was, uh, was a statement to um, Kyrie and Harden that he's there for the duration. This is his team. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants you there with them. Um, but, you, you know, everyone better be on this the same train. And he's the type of guy that even a guy like Kyrie, maybe to a lesser extent, but I think Harden will probably, if they're not going to get in ship shape now, they're never going to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, um, that extension to me was eye opening. Um, it kind of was scary as a Celtics fan, uh, because that, that's saying to me that Duran is on a mission. Not just yeah. to win one or two here, but to win win a few and really make a statement. Well, he might want to change his uh, shoe size to wear a sneaker yeah, that fits yeah. his foot. Well, that's the thing. Like, if he was an inch behind the line, he would have pretty much won the title all by himself this year. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, I don't know when we have another one. I. You know, the way things have gone, Jim, we're like, hey, we'll meet in a couple of weeks, and then the next day the Celtics make a move. So I, I've been on vacation for the last two weeks, guys, so I'm sorry. Um, you know, after COVID last summer, I wanted to make sure that we all got out there and had a good time. Um, so, and COVID's back, unfortunately, but, you know, we, um, we took advantage of getting away this summer. Uh, you know, the good thing is our podcast is topical. If we had podcasts as we want, we'd be making predictions that would have failed. So at least we're, we're talking about what happened. And yeah. uh, we'll see what happens going forward. I think there's probably one or two moves, maybe a trade, minor one. But I, I think we're looking at the roster, you know, at least yeah. to the all-star break. And that's a thing as a Celtics fan, which is kind of cool. Like, the trade deadline should be interesting. Um whether they're good or bad, because they have contracts that they can move and they can move moves to get better, or they can bring in picks to build for the future. Um, you know, unlike previous years where they just didn't have any contracts that had any value. Yeah. Yeah, I can guarantee if they're healthy this year, they're not going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be bad either. Yeah. They win a lot of games. So. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Good night. All right. Take care.